listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market information. As always, you can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Pot Green. Seriously, people, hold the applause. Hold the applause for later. <laughs> right on. Uh, <laughs> caffeine, dude. It's a strong drug. Seriously. Yes, sir. I need some extra caffeine or something. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm barely yeah. making it. Well, well, I'll have some well, a break now. You're yeah. finally in the in the chill zone. Get to relax. Well, temporary, like yeah, yeah. I got this from Axl Rose. Remember that band? What was it Guns N' Roses? <laughs> I don't know. Right? Maybe they, who's that? Who, yeah, who were those guys? Yeah, what? the guy. Well, at <laughs> right. So anyway, at the top of their the height of their like uh, use your illusion. The first, the big one that went crazy, like Welcome to the Jungle and all that shit. Um, I asked him. How does how does he go from total obscurity to like just like jettison in no time to like everybody on the in the planet knows who they are? And uh, how do you stay yourself in that kind of a rapid transition? And he told me he he considered himself a time broker. And then each project uh, it buys him a little time, so that's kind of where I'm at. And that's the design. Who told Axel Rose using. told you that? Yeah, I've been using the Axel Rose uh, theory of time brokering <laughs> although i attached the, the jamie cast uh triage strategy components to that just to wait try when, to when did you when did you meet axel rose uh well i used to be into a lot of those kind of bands and stuff and uh i had some i've had friends and also girlfriends that work in the industry so it just kind of rubbed shoulders sometimes and i always try to make it meaningful Whenever I talk uh, to them, because they don't want to talk to me. You don't give a shit about me. You know, I'm not kidding myself. I'm just like, hey, man, how's it going? Can I ask you? I'd love to ask you a question. They're like, sure, dude. What's up? Sure, bro. What's on your mind? Or whatever. You know, they're usually pretty cool. I only ask one question. I just make it a good one. Time management, huh? Time brokering. Time broker. brokering yeah, yeah, time brokering. Broker. So you yeah. invest this amount into the time you're spending on something hoping to get yeah. more and then you'll get time this break like out I'm of it to get right now and that'll buy me time to re get reorganized and re-energized and and then just spend this massive amount of energy on doing whatever's the next step and then you know it's kind of like breathing i guess he didn't it's say that like, part it's kind of <laughs> like cleaning your house when you clean your house you're like investing in the fact that once it's tight and orderly like tidy and orderly you'll, wow that's you'll a be killer analogy brother actually yeah, yeah, enjoy yeah, it right exactly right yep it buys you time you don't have to clean your house for a little while <laughs> thanks axel we appreciate it <laughs> yeah thanks axel rose all right <laughs> anyway How's it going, okay. man? With you, you seem energized. That's uh, I'm, very uh, I'm pretty for that. energized for episode 59 here, the Cannabis Agenda, um, uh, where we do and talk about pretty much anything cannabis. A lot of news-related stuff. A lot of a uh, lot of uh, news deconstruction when we run into the media covers cannabis-related stories. If if you if you don't know, you'll know. It's crazy their coverage. Sometimes we deconstruct some of it. What else do we do here? What's 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 your the term you've coined for the cannabis agenda? Well, I like to call it. I think it's coined long enough now to be legit. 
When do you know it's legit? Is there some kind of a bar it's set somewhere? You have like to own the domain name. A, a thousand email responses <laughs> say, hey, man, I, I really dig the activist team it that you guys do. Then maybe we'll say it's it's made it. We have gotten yeah. a few few people God, uh, we have. using the word. I love it yeah. when it comes back. Yeah, one of our prominent reviews on um, iTunes also says that. So that's pretty cool. Hey, speaking of which, Cogs. Uh, tell them. Uh, Cogs. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, just, I swear. I swear. Cog said you have to own the domain name. <laughs> nice. Dude, crazy. crazy. Is it, can we do that? Yeah, I like to do check that out. <laughs> Activism.org. Dot org. Dun, dun, dun. Hogs <laughs> <open> for <laughs> discussion on many topics. All right. Politics, philosophy. From, from time brokering to to domain name brokering and Axel Rose and less uh, than Axel a few Rose minutes. segment of the Philosophy Network. All right, all right. Let's get serious. What do we got on the show today, guys? All right, wait, wait, you know what? Actually, that reminds me. Um, last time, last episode 58, you did the intro. That's the first time, because I, I usually take the intro all the time, which is cool by me, you know, but um, I, uh, I really like that. I wanted to say, I, I think you did a great job <laughs> on it. So, so like, you've it never was... done it before, though. So, like, if... That's different because once you do it once, then you feel like you just kind of got to flow through. So maybe you yeah, could do this time. I could. I, th- I definitely can try it again. Are you sure? Right. I think I could do it. Yeah. I, you, all, right. Get all right. All right. Now you got to do it to get used to it. It was kind of like riding a bike and playing drums at the same time. That took me a long time to figure out, but you know, right. I got it down now. So, <laughs> um, all right. So the show to start off, we got a lot. We've got several weeks of uh, emails coming in from listeners. We really appreciate you guys and are super stoked, and we are going to get through a bunch of those uh, those emails. Looks like Delaware's became the 16th uh, state to legalize medical marijuana. We will follow up with that. Um, uh, a Rhode Island congressman has been uh, uh, charged with pot possession in Connecticut. Um, in Montana, lots of lots and lots of drama keeps coming out of Montana. As uh, looks like uh, SB uh, 423 has basically potentially regulated the business of marijuana out of the state. We will follow up on that and all the aftermath um, that that comes from it and. Uh, all the fallout. Um, activist uh, Jason Christ is uh, going to sue the Montana Department of Health and Human Services for failing to renew his medical card. Uh, in the Northwest, Washington is still stuck uh, in medical marijuana hell. We'll get to that later. They're seeking the they're seeking the opinion of their attorney general to determine whether or not and how they should go about uh, regulating marijuana after the most recent threats from the federal government telling them that they should not. So. Uh, we'll we'll get to that um, on the uh, we're gonna do a quick quick listen in on the judge on Judge Napolitano's show. We haven't been there in a while, so we'll do a quick. Uh, apparently, uh, Mike Huckabee was on there talking about uh, Ron Paul's suggestion to legalize all drugs. Uh, got a handful of uh, international insanity stories today. Apparently, the biggest one is that terrorists smoke pot too. Did you know? Um, and um, in Arizona, huge news here: a bill is just signed. Um, that's going to protect the rights of employees using medical marijuana. That is great. We're going to look at a, a new. Um, we got a new uh, segment. Basically, we're kind of stop the drug wars. Started tracking deaths uh, that um, occur due to drug law enforcement. Uh, there's been about 27 this year so far, and we're going to read some stories from a few of those and uh, kind of turn it into a new segment. We're stoked that Stop the Drug War is doing this. Uh, we're going into. We got a, a but is it sophisticated story today. 
Um, it's kind of a classic one. Uses all the terms that we like to uh, to hear them uh, to use. So so you know, like I don't know. It's like they throw these words at it all the time. It is it's organized, sophisticated. These it's got all of all the classic classic media words in there. Um, it looks like in uh, in Ohio, um, there's a billionaire trying to get the get medical marijuana on the ballot for 2012. Um, and in Illinois, the medical marijuana bill failed. Um, let's see, in Louisiana, this one's sad. A man was just sentenced to um, life in um, prison for uh, his fourth marijuana charge. Um, this is crazy. We'll get to it in a bit. We got a You Gotta Be Kidding Me. Someone has followed home in, in uh, Missouri, I believe, um, after going to the grocery store and buying hydroponic equipment. Cops showed up. Looks like uh, he wasn't growing pot. And uh, we got a little bit of an activism spotlight at the end of the show. So that's what we got, followed by a clip at the end of Scott Morkin um, from StopTheDrugWad.org um, on the recent DOJ scare tactics. So that's uh, episode 59. Wow, it sounds like that's a good episode 59. And uh, by the way, well done, sir. So how you doing, man? You feeling good to be done with school? Or- <sighs> yeah, well, I think that might be a little premature characterization of my, you know, situation uh, i think but you, uh but didn't didn't you I, commence I, I have summer well so, yeah but see if you do summer and you're supposed to finish in the summer then you can uh commence i think even if you can well no i think it's just if you as far as summer as far as they go if you uh petition to to uh, walk in commencement then they can get approved and since i'm such a high caliber student <laughs> usually typically uh, they said, sure, we'll approve that. Jamie's a great guy. He'll be a good, uh, a worthy investment, you know, in our trust. And so they let me walk and it was Saturday. It was a blast. It was really cool. Actually, it was, it was so long, but it was really moving. So it was worth it, I guess. And anyway, um, now I don't think I'm going to do very well in a few of my classes. So I might have to do some do over. So I could even like, not just have the summer stuff to finish. I could also go into the next fall. And then start grad school in the spring. So, I may not it'd be done at all, but this is the only time they do the full, um, what do you call it, commencement. So, I just wanted to take, this is my one shot I could take advantage of that. Otherwise, I have to like come back to do a, a baccalaureate um, walk when I'm already almost done with my master's. And that wouldn't, I don't think that would work very well. But anyway. Yeah. Mama was proud. Yeah. She was proud, man. She was proud. She was uh, tearing up a little bit. You know, it's cool. It's more legit than an associate degree. I transferred, so you know, it's more legit than that. I mean, totally uh, different than it feels totally different than an associate. Hey, it's I cool. think we got to give. I think we got to give Jamie a ding. I think he deserves a ding. A ding, yes. Oh, thanks, man. That's that's killer. Wait, wait. We have yeah. mul- we have multiple dings to choose from. Don't you remember? Oh, you, you get to. Ch- you get to choose your own ding. Do you want to hear Damn the samples? I think, should, I think it should be a somewhat moderately high-pitched one that's really fast, like a quick one. That, like, ding. if you tip the bartender and they go ding. This is our standard ding, which uh, the shiny ding. Yeah, I call it the Zen ding. I prefer the gongity ding. <laughs> that's for the big shot. That's the, the overwhelming. You, Jamie, I got us. You're pretty big shot. Yeah, 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 I am. Oh well, I pretty am in this format. I you're suppose. pretty important I'm, to our show. That's for damn sure. Oh yeah. man, that's yeah. a that's an honor. Yeah, we're stoked. We're glad. I'm really glad that you you know you're getting along with your education and everything. And 
Congratulations, son. I'm surviving. Um, That's what I call it. Oh, man. Yeah. Hence why you will be taking the brunt of today's program. Thankfully, over overwhelmingly uh, thankful for that. Uh, yeah, I'll just drive you through it. You got it figured out, though. You're the you're the man. So, um, how about you, Cogs? How are you doing over there, buddy? Everything cool? Yeah, I was sick for a little while. I've been doing a little R and R though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, R and R. What's that? Ritalin and rum. <laughs> nice. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that is? No. Is that, how, no. is that how you get rid of get rid of the Humboldt hack? You know what? I think I think it's strep. Actually, that's what I think I Ooh. came down with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, I'd rather have really? the humble. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was true. Virus. It's not yeah. definitely not the humble heck. Well, I, I, I'm glad I can't catch that through the internet, so that's good. I'm kind of <laughs> feeling a little bit of a cough. My son was here the last few days and he had a gnarly cough and last night I was kind of getting one of those uncontrollable coughs where you're like having conversations with people and you can't stop coughing during the conversation and it's like socially awkward like well what should i do just not fucking talk or is that weirder than like coughing the entire time i talk or whatever you know like have you guys ever been there before i was having the same thing but it was hurting like i couldn't talk because it hurt to talk and i was like you know i'm sorry i just don't feel like talking because it hurts you know oh so you're doing some kind of head shakes like "Mm, i don't want to talk (laughs) I'd rather not speak right now because it hurts well, like fuck. Yeah, that sucks, dude. That sucks. Well, are you, you're feeling all right now, though, feel talking-wise? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Antibiotics? No. Uh-uh. No? No. Wow, cool. Orange juice and tea and emergency and, t- you know, taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. natural. Kind of. It's good. It's good to hear. Good, good, good. Well, let's let's move on with the show, boys. Emails like crazy should. today, huh? We got lots and lots of emails. By the way, um, you can follow along um, the show. Um, website is cannabisagenda.com. At the website, there's all sorts of links. And uh, one of the coolest features we've got there, you can listen to the shows directly from the website. You can also see our show notes there. So any of the stories we cover or any of the discussion we have is usually inspired by some sort of story. So you can always check that out. Click to the links, read whatever it is that... Uh, we're reading and um, listen to the clips, watch the videos, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right on the website. Um, we've been getting a ton of emails. Uh, we love it. Keep them coming. Uh, the email is info at com. Uh, please, any scoops for stories in your area, anything you'd like us to cover, send them on in. Um, ideas, criticism, critique potential interviews, whatever. Just uh, start a dialogue with us if you're into it uh, via email. We've got a lot of you guys doing it, and we hope that they keep on coming in. You can also leave us a three-minute voicemail um, at 707-654-CAN, which is C-A-N-N, or the number's 2266. And uh, check us out on iTunes uh, once, you've, you know, once you know that we're one of your things. Well, we can be your thing on iTunes. And there you can subscribe to us, and it's downloaded to your player every time it's ready. So it's there. Um, kind of an easy way to follow along with podcasts. Um, and then social networking. We are on Twitter and Facebook. Please check us out there and suggest us to your friends. Yeah, we do have a bunch of stuff this week um, as far as emails go. Um, we're, we're starting off here. I'm going to start with Eva. Uh, she yeah. sent us a, a message about other syn- synthetic marijuana products that may be on the market. Did you guys, um, did you guys check out her email at all? What's the heck? Oh I, yeah, I checked I, all those sources. D- yeah, Man, we're not. That is some freaky stuff. We shouldn't even mention these websites, but 
We're not mentioning no. the websites. Uh-huh. No. Um, we read them. Uh, basically, what, what she's is that, is that us to promote off to. Them? No, she was not emailing us to promote them. She's no, emailing she us. Wasn't, but is that why out. we're not going to mention the websites? Yeah. Oh, I see. No, I don't want. I don't want to. There's. We have listeners that use K2 and synthetic stuff. I'm not gonna. You want to. You want to make your own fake hash. Figure it out on your own. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna lead you to the path of that. I'm not down. So what I'm worried um, about is uh, people. uh, You know who are (laughs) in parts of the country where real hash may not be easy to come by, and they're getting sold this shit unknown. You know, unbeknownst to them. Yeah, because they think it's real hash. it looks just like it. Does it? Ugh. Yeah. And that, no well, thanks. to maybe a, a a more untrained buyer or somebody that was less, you know, aware, they just wanted to get some good hash. There's some places like in Europe that they sell just it's popular. People go to find to get some good hash. You know. You know what this reminds me of? Do you guys do you guys remember Red Rock Opium? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, that was horrible. Do you, do you know shit. what that stuff oh, is? Like incense. It is. It's incense. You, it's it dragon's blood it. incense. You can go into your, you know, local incense store and purchase it for, you know, it's like Red Rock. thirty dollars oh, an ounce or so something. Awful. Yeah. And people would put it in with good weed. <laughs> yeah. It's good it's, weed. And it's a little there's a little piece of red rock in there too. It's like why? Why is there red rock in the weed? That's not right. Don't yeah. Do just buy real weed. <laughs> real real it's good like, weed. Hey, I got this great sandwich, but I put a little bit of dog poo on the side of it. Don't worry about that. It's okay. Don't smoke accent. this synthetic shit. Yuck! Yuck! Basically, the, that's the I was, that's the me, that's the that's key the message that even sending us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's like fake hash and shit out there now too for you all you people if that's what you're into. But we don't know the cannabis agenda. Not down. Thanks, Eva. We we appreciate it. Hey, <laughs> so this is a, a discussion that that I was prompted by this young friend of mine. Um, <laughs> Doobie. She said. She says the word doobie is not cool. Uh, James wrote in to say, in my opinion, the word doobie will never get old or be uncool. It's like the great stoner classic such as Cheech and Chong. So I was sitting with this friend last night. With, uh, we were having uh, some food with these, this couple. And, um, and she stopped in the middle of it to go, hey, because we, we were smoking a joint. And she goes, what would you guys call this? And the girl goes, a doobie. And the guy goes, a doobie. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, that's right. What? (laughs) Doobie. Cool. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So what did Mike T say, buddy? Oh, he sent us a couple uh, clips. I think uh, maybe our second clip of the day is one of them. So we'll uh, talk a little bit more about that later. Um, you know, Mike, you you guys were saying, who is this this guy? He writes us every now and again. Um. And he spliff, he spliff Coley. Remember the guy spliff I told you about? Coley, yeah. He sent, he, he called us once, didn't he? Yeah, man. If he gets like really ripped, he sounds exactly like that guy from the movie, uh, fast, fast times at Ridgemont as at Ridgemont high. Have you ever seen it? I think it's like an eighties movie or something. And, uh, anyway, it, it's Sean Penn. It's an infamous role. But he sounds just like that dude, man. He kind of looks like him too. So I coined the Spliff Coley uh, moniker and it sticks. It's stuck. But uh, yeah, that's who that is. And he sends us some good stuff. Nice. He do- yeah, cool. he does. Just, we appreciate actually, him. He just texted me and said, bro, I'm coming into town. So he's going to stop by and see me. So I'm welcoming that opportunity to chill with my bro. 
Nice. Nice, bro. Good job, bro. Yeah. You got it, bro. <laughs> you, can get, get, you get ripped and, and talk like a bro, you know, bro. God. <laughs> right. You went to that uh, thing. Remember I reported live from the uh, SSDP regional conference? Yep. He was there. Mm-hmm. He was there. It was a riot, man. It was, it was a riot. Cool. It's, and he's so he's uh, an activist in your area too. We I know we had him on we had him on the show at one point. I don't remember what when was that and what were we talking about? Oh, we did. I didn't realize that. Did we? Did we? Didn't we? I thought we did. No, I think no, he sent no. us a voicemail once. Uh, okay. All right. We'll get him on here. <laughs> we can. We can have him on. This and send I'm, me a text so or good. Bro, I'm down with that. You guys hear that? What was that? What was that? (laughs) Split Uh, poly. (laughs) (laughs) That's him. That is him. Is that him? In spirit. That's him, man. That's him. (laughs) You just want to like hug the guy when you see him. Bro, dude. Mikey. Mikey. Come in. Come in, man. (laughs) Mike, dude, we appreciate all the scoops, bro. Super awesome of you to send all the scoops in. We really appreciate it. Um, Brandy Brandy. from South Carolina writes, I'm a South Carolina uh, resident and strong advocate for the legalization of marijuana. I am giving a persuasive speech at my liberal arts school on why marijuana should be legalized. I've done my research and I believe after hearing my speech, my audience will be behind my cause. My question to you is, what can we do? What actions can we, the people, take towards legalizing marijuana in our state? That is the only section of my speech that I'm missing because I honestly don't know. I figure if you guys are as pro-legalization as it seems, then you would be able to tell me what actions we should take. I thank you for any and uh, any help you guys can offer. So, it sounds like guys? a Jamie Did question. Did you write that part too? <laughs> What's that? Guys? Did you write guys? No, with a question mark? I threw that in. Oh, oh that's cool. Yeah. So what yeah. do we think? What, Jamie, you're, what the, do we think? You're, you're the you're the you're the you're the guy to talk about. What this what thing. what could be done in mm-hmm. South Carolina? We haven't heard any Holy big smokes. Sm- well, first of all, thank you, Brandy, for writing in and responding. We appreciate all this feedback. And as far as I'm aware, the there's several things to start on. Um, I would say at the at the state level, that was right. Let me see. Yep, that's what she said. Um, at the state level, I say um, getting building a relationship with your lawmakers. Um, organizing uh, a stream of communication with citizenry and those lawmakers, um, potentially to lobbyists as well, to f- uh, get a flow of the right information that you want to try to integrate into the conversation. And, you know, you just have to be consistent and professional and intelligent in your approach to this and diligent. And uh, I don't know if you want to go with this because it's kind of, some people would say it's a little bit on the radical end. I don't necessarily believe so, but uh, um, civil disobedience, depending on how important it is to a populace. I mean, some states have a lot of patients that need medical marijuana really bad, and they've been getting jacked around up. And I mean, like New Jersey is a great example. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to the idea of eventually somebody has to stand up as an American, you know, People that need it badly and, and healthier people, you know, alike should stand up in support of this and say, look, we're just going to come to the courthouse and thousands of people and all light up and protest of this and get the media attention and change this stuff. Do, I got a question for you. 
just came up from all of this. Is that good? Was any of that, was any of that good? <laughs> is any of that good? That's all. Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 You're, you're definitely, you know, yeah, you're definitely, um, good. pointing to, um, but, but what I, so uh, you just, it interested me when you were saying civil disobedience, like is, is not, is, is just smoking pots an act of civil disobedience? You know, that's, uh, my philosophy professor of this semester, um, he was a fantastic guy. I really love that dude. He's a, he's a really good dude. Uh, but uh, he, po- he posited some pretty interesting challenges to me when I would talk about things. And I wrote in my paper, uh, I, we did two papers. And uh, actually, we did three total. And, uh, but I wrote an all of mine that I wrote uh, on the cannabis issue. Because we would do like two philosophers and then we would do a, something on a current issue that would relate to that topic that those philosophers had and, uh, or those, their theories or whatever. And uh, so, it was my, of course, we're all about weed because that's just what I should be writing about, I think. And he agreed and he liked it. I got an A, so, um, you know, on those papers. So. <coughs> cool. Anyway, he um. said... He said, so, so is it just in, in the privacy? Do you need visibility for it to be true civil disobedience? Can it happen? In well, I mean, you, you def- most people do have visibility. Some people smoke pot in their closet and never let anyone know that they smoke pot, but most people don't do that. Sure. Most people have at least a handful of friends, at minimum, that know they smoke pot. I think the first time you smoke pot, it's nowhere near like an act of civil disobedience. It's just... No. something you're just curious you know what i mean like yeah. well what is yeah. this whatever but once you've like make made the decision like you know what they're trying to tell me this is bad and this is bad and it's and it's illegal but i don't that. believe that i don't believe that it's bad i don't believe you know at that point i think i wrote that in my paper. on that's what smoke pot is civil disobedience i think but i don't know you know yeah that's what i said too actually i think i used it in that context and that's what solicited that response from him and I thought, wow, that's a really interesting question, actually. I mean, you know, to me, it's like it's all about asking the right questions. And that was the, that was a, a right question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know about South Carolina. So back to her thing, to, to Brandy, yeah. I, I don't know what your political, I don't, you know, there's 50 states here. So I'm not sure if you guys have uh, voter initiatives or not. Um, but mm. if you guys do vote on things, you know, that, that amend your state constitution or create laws in the state of South Carolina, kind of getting on that. That's been, don't you guys think that's been the most successful like method of getting some sort of medical legislation passed? So f- what's the deal? How many of the 16 states did it that way? And how many of the 16 states have now done it mm. via l- legislators, you know? What do you, you know, it's pretty much like a mixed bag, I guess, but, um, I don't know. I would think looking in that direction towards figuring out if you can get something, if you could work with a group towards getting something on the, on the ballot there that requires a lot of grass, grassroots organizing. It requires finding someone very intelligent to write the, you know, the bill that you would be voting on. And then a lot of effort getting the signatures to get it on your ballot in South Carolina. Um, you know, unless like you do what Jamie, unless you've like what Jamie was saying, you become real, you know, you, you get to know a lot of, uh, or you get to know some, a group of legislators, legislators or lobbyists mm-hmm. that have a, an interest in, in doing this in South Carolina. But I, as far as I know, I haven't heard a lot. We, we haven't, had very many stories or anything from South Carolina. So I'm kind of unfamiliar with what the, like, you know, what the 
situation is in South Carolina as far as weed and uh, medical marijuana goes, if there isn't any sort of buzz going on there at all, I, from what I can tell, it doesn't seem like it. How about you, Jamie? I don't know. It sounds like if there is or there's going to be soon, then Brandy might be at the helm. Right. So that's cool. Yep. So you're going to be a busy lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can uh, always contact us. For sure. Anytime. Uh, James wrote in from Ohio. We'll be free consultants heard. also. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just say free. He's like, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. J- James writes in from Ohio wondering if we'd heard about Ohio's 2012 medical marijuana ballot question. Yep. We have James, and we are going to talk about it on the show later today. Uh, he also wanted to know if we enjoy the strain naming, naming, and if so, what's our favorite? I don't really like. What do you mean by enjoy? Like, do I like the names that like all the different strains are called? I sometimes I'm a, somewhat offended, but not too much. Jamie, you you kind of get offended by some of the the a names. Couple of them, you know, I don't like Green Crack. They also call it. They have an alternate like Green Kush. So that's at least that's cool. You get it out. You can still get the proper reference, but you don't have to say green crack, which a lot, to a lot of people, it's like they're sensitive to that because it's it's the extreme opposite of what cannabis is to your to your body in relationship to your you know system. Right. Some places call it green cross. Some places call it dream queen, so they get away from I didn't it. But really there's all care sorts for of God's pussy. But that's not bad because it's just one person took a certain phenotype of vortex. So technically, it's really just Vortex. I don't have any problem with Vortex. That rocks. I mean, for it is just Vortex. Anything I've read or any of the reviews about Vortex say it's super powerful. And and the reason (laughs) that it got so popular that that guy used that name was because um, it was the San Francisco Medical Cannabis Cup, High Times Medical Cannabis Cup. Winner. Winner. Yeah. Yeah. So. Some good good stuff. It's called Vortex, by the way. The big box in the sky. I'm not particularly offended by it. The different. I try back when I first started thinking about it. I was like, well, we don't care what people call their beers or this and that. But people that make brew beer, it's different. They're taking a bunch of raw ingredients and like doing a recipe to create a product. This is a plant we're talking about. Um, right. So you're na- you're in, in essence like naming its genetic makeup giving its genetic makeup a name instead of like your concoction of ingredients a name so i at first like i was kind of into comparing it to well we don't give you know beer makers and alcohol makers a bunch of shit about what they name their concoctions but now i'm kind of like feeling like this is a plant you know like you should be somewhat respectful in the process of naming a plant it's a living thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Kind of Ooh. hippie, hippie gibberish Ooh. maybe, but you know, it's kind yeah. of how I'm feeling well, right now. Well, you know now, what? I think so. I took it different. I thought he was saying, what's, which strain names do you think are coolest? Well, he asked if we enjoy the, enjoy the strain naming, like, and then, mm-hmm. and, and, and then what's our favorite, you know, what is yours? You like, you're, you're a super silver haze guy, right? Yeah, those two are both great. Super Silver Haze, I think that is a slick name. And the the cannabis is one of the best ever. It's a great example of some serious uh, sativa. Um, and Cali Mist is also an amazing sativa. But that sounds awesome. Cali Mist. 
That sounds like yeah. something that would be so sick to have because it's such a good quality strain. So you would have uh, it and I then took be that, able to offer it to guests and say, would you care for some I, Cali I, mist? I, I took that <laughs> wrong then. So I took the, the, if so, what, like I took the, if your what's your favorite strain? So like, what's your favorite strain to smoke? But like, what's your favorite strain as far as how it was named and what it's named? Ah, um, well, yeah, I like those two. Those are cool. But let's see, I got to think about this for a second. I like all sorts of different ones. I mean, I, that's the thing is I'm not like, unless I'm hating on it, I'm not like torn. I'm not like, oh, really? You named it that? Oh, man, man. That's so boring. Oh, really? You named it Purple Urkel? Oh, that's so boring. You know what I mean? I don't know. If, I, if I'm a <laughs> hater on it, then, uh, but like, I'm usually not like, wow, that's such an awesome name or that's such a terrible name. I don't, I guess I, yeah. I'm not that like caught up in that, you know? So, right. You know, I, I did Shit. notice, I just recalled that there's one that I'm kind of uncomfortable with. It's train wreck because that's like always a nasty thing or like makes you, it's Tra- like if, either way you take it. It's like, it's a, it's tremendously effed up, like messed up or else it's a train wreck, literally. Right. And like, I always find train wreck to be very uppity and it makes me feel like doing things. It does not turn my day into a, cool, a train wreck. Like up name. Yeah. And then like, and then there's like AK-47. So the. Like what the, the thought fuck, behind man? it is like you're, sh- you're, you're smoking it and you're shooting yourself in the head or something, you know? Like I don't yeah, know. That's it's bogus. Not, yeah, that's yeah. good medicine. Poor judgment so. on the namers. Yeah, so I guess like more so, I am turned off by it when I think the name is really bad than I am turned on by it when it's just an average or potentially great name. So uh, yeah, shakedown, right? Again, accent, thanks, all. buddy. More on the Ohio initiative. Um, he also shared us a, shared a link to a video about the story of uh, Gary and Sherry Burton in Medina, Ohio. Um, we'll share more with that. Um, share more with you about that later in the show. Uh, Alex wrote in from University of Wisconsin, uh, Madison, to uh, share the sad news of the death of a longtime mass, uh, Madison cannabis activist Ben Mazel. Is that how you say that? Um, I think so. He says. Uh, Alex wrote that his death was a definite blow, but my hope is that the movement will be strengthened and reinvigorated by recognizing the contributions of this exemplary human. Um, We hope so too, and we're going to cover him later on in the show. Uh, We got an email from Patrick, uh, who sent us a lot of thoughtful emails regarding, or a thoughtful email regarding his thoughts on marijuana prohibition. We really appreciate your email. And uh, we got an email from Kirk McNeil, who's the executive director of New Hampshire compassion you know about this you you you, jamie you got this one what's up with kirk um yeah well i know a little bit about this thing it was uh spearheaded through uh the north new hampshire compassion um and their uh caring organization did a good job with this thing um but unfortunately uh well we reported previously um I, i think we did um that hb 442 is what it was um it sailed through um the senate and the House passed the measure uh, 221 to 94. So it was a wide margin there. And the sticking point, uh, unfortunately, seemed to be the years-long fight between the governor, John Lynch, and the New Jersey, or I'm sorry, New Hampshire uh, legislature over this issue. Lynch uh, vetoed a, a medical marijuana bill in 09 and promised to do the same this year if the bill passed again. Well, it hasn't gotten that far now. Uh, it looks like... They have tabled this. Um, Matt, you know as well about this. Is that right? If they've tabled the bill, which is basically just putting it somewhere where it can go and fade off. 
Yeah, it means it won't get voted on in time, I think, and for the session or whatever, right? Like yeah. it's just sitting yeah. somewhere. In, well, in yeah. stasis. Kirk, Kirk himself, and we do thank him, by the way, for sending this into us very, very much so. Um, Kirk McNeil, as the story reads itself, at, at New Hampshire Compassion, pulled no punches in his reaction to the Senate's vote. Um, quote, today the New Hampshire, uh, New Hampshire Senate participated in an act of legislative cowardice by tabling HB 442, end quote. And I totally, I totally agree with him. I think that's, that is what tabling something really is about. It's about going, oh, let's put this aside, you know, because we don't care about it or, or really because it's not as, as important as other things, which we know that's not true. So it's cowardice. All right, and we're finally ready for the news, Jamie. What is the deal on the East Coast? What's the scoop, buddy? Man, that was endurance right there, I tell you what. Um, but it, it's I worth think getting that to was, this point. That this was a record. Grace. That was a and record the, comment. That was a record listener comment section. We've never had so many comments. <laughs> it was huge. Well, see, we we bumped it over. We didn't we skipped that. We so we had a bunch of stuff to go through um on last episode, so we had extra stuff and it just yeah, that's uh that was it used rarity. to be, but even still, we have so much more, and everything that people are sending us is very thoughtful. It used to be very easy to cover that stuff at the beginning of the show. I don't it know. It just blew anymore. up now. Yeah, we're going to have yeah. to f- rethink that whole thing. Sorry, guys. Um, you, I know you, most of you probably come here to talk about the news, and we are there now, so let's do it. All right. Here's yes, and the lead story of the day and the biggest news of this week. Um, shit, man. Let me let me th- let me go as far as to say, in my opinion, this is some of the biggest news of this year. Um, it's number sixteen, state number sixteen for medical marijuana, statewide uh, medical marijuana legislation. Um, Delaware, um, I think, just yesterday or wait, what is this? Okay, so Friday, Friday afternoon, it was voted in. Um, the governor signed it. And it became the 16th medical marijuana state. Awesome. Senate Bill 17 is what it was called, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd like to urge everyone, if you could, please. Um, there are many people uh, responsible for getting this done and done in a, a, a reasonable uh, manner where it's reasonable actual you know, legislation once it's completed and passed. And uh, maybe send a, a, a little thank you uh, acknowledgement to Governor Markell for his support. Um, it's really important legislation. Senate Bill I'm 17 s- allows people 18 and older who suffer, you know, is, this is what the wording is, is specified, specified serious or de- debilitating medical conditions. They can have up to six ounces. They can not grow for themselves. The state of New Hampshire is going to have three compassion centers and uh, you'll basically be going to a compassion center to buy your herb. That's the plan as of now. We've seen these soup. This is this, this sounds very similar to like New Jersey. So we've seen these sorts of uh, things sort of start, but also we'll you know we'll follow up on Delaware. Hopefully they actually make progress towards implementing this program. Be my thoughts and feelings on it from the beginning. I hope so. What's up? What's up with this dude in Rhode Island? He's he got yeah. This is a eight. this is a little bit of an aged story. Since you guys were so patiently waiting for me to complete my uh, uh over over uh bearing semester, um, but it's still worth worth a mention because we haven't yet on this program. Um, Robert Watson, 
He is a minor- the minority leader of the Rhode Island House, and he recently dismissed debate over the decriminalization of marijuana as being not worthy of legislators' time. And now it, it appears uh, minority leader uh, Watson is facing uh, possession of marijuana charges and uh, drug paraphernalia, um, as well as driving under the influence of cannabis. <laughs> charges um he uh he drew fire last went uh back uh, in february when he gave a speech at the greater providence chamber of commerce in which he said uh facetiously uh that lawmakers had their priorities right he said uh, quote if you are a guatemalan guy uh, or a guatemalan gay man who likes to gamble and smokes marijuana so he he's been really uh I don't know, controversial guy for quite a, quite a while. So now he, they, they pulled him over and he's got some buds in his pocket. Nice. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. For him. Actually, I think it was a, his blood alcohol. He also had a blood alcohol content of 0.05, but that's below. They have a limit of 0.08 there. So he was safe on that one. That's legal. Because, I'm sorry. That's legal. I mean, did he have, when you say he had a few buds in his pocket, like me, I'm like imagining him with like loose buds in his pocket. (laughs) Probably (laughs) not the case. I don't know, man. He's, he's, yeah, it might, it might be that way. It might've been, but, uh, anyway, he had some and they got him. I think, uh, he had a, it was a, it was a small bag of, of cannabis and with just a little bit in it, a few grams or something and, uh, and a wooden pipe. So he wasn't very experienced. Oh, wooden. Wood, you know, smoking so out of nasty. wood. Uh, yeah. No wondering the bowl never ends. You're smoking wood, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, I've been there. I've totally been there, but not since I was like 16. I figured it out. <laughs> Rock, yep. On to your Rocky Mountain High, Colorado, Montana, and Idaho news. Mm, nice. Oh, we got a clip. Uh, medical marijuana overhaul is about to become law. And Ooh. the... What's the Department of Health and Human Services says they'll keep issuing cards. So uh, we got a clip. Let's check it out. The medical marijuana overhaul bill is set to become law at midnight without Governor Brian Schweitzer's signature. But this state is Montana, health officials by say the way. they won't be cooperating. Mm-hmm. They say they'll keep issuing medical marijuana cards. Something bill sponsor Senator Jeff Essman says should stop as of this Saturday. The overhaul limits who can be a patient and who can be a provider and immediately repeals the Department of Public Health and Human Services authority to register patients. But department spokesman John Ebelt says the bill is unclear, saying the agency will continue issuing cards until June 20th. This will become law without my signature. I think it makes a big mistake. Uh, Law enforcement doesn't like it. Patients don't like it. It's a poorly written bill. It's difficult to understand, but uh, it's it's going to be the law until it gets repealed. Cards could start being reissued on June 1, which is only 12 business days away, under the new stricter provisions of the law. I'm quite concerned about the Department of Public Health and Human Services and the administration uh, ignoring the uh, intentions of the people of Montana and the legislature. Sheesh. So how is this going? Uh, their Department of Health Services are, says they're going to keep issuing cards. I am not sure exactly how that works. Hmm. I don't think they're sure exactly how that works either. Oh, from the sound good. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I don't get it. <laughs> they don't get it. Um, I don't know why they picked June 20. I mean, I guess that's when the new law comes into effect. I, I'm confused. Yeah, we need some. We need to get the hot box on here soon. It's time for a, a Montana, a Montana talk with the guys from the hot box. So, um, what's uh, what, what's this next story here? We got a group to fight back on. Yeah, what's, what's, well, you know, you've been following the chaos and the disorganization in in Montana. Well, at least in their legislative leadership. Holy smokes! But uh, anyway, um, I'm sure probably on our side as well. Um, did I just draw a line? on our side and their side. Well, it kind of is that way, obviously to a lot of people, but, uh, they, uh, announced, you know, we, we talked about the cannabis industry association on the program before, but the national one, well, there's also an individual state, like parts of this. So in this case, of course, it'd be Montana cannabis industry association. And they, uh, they, they said, uh, a couple weeks ago, that it, they have raised $50,000 in five days to hire a very prominent attorney in that area who is uh, very prominent and um, well-known because he's turned over some amazingly big uh, laws and, and, and challenged a bunch of stuff and, and uh, really difficult things in one. So he's a great guy to have for this. I think his name is James Getz of Bozeman, Montana. So this should be, uh, I don't know, they're going to challenge the... Uh, the whole, what is that legislation? 423, I think. Senate Bill 423. And uh, if if Governor Brian Schweitzer uh, lets it become law, which he has done at this point, I believe. Isn't that over? <laughs> will, you, will you give like a brief like synopsis of what's happened over the last like month in Montana? Like what, what was the, chronologically, what just happened exactly? I don't know. I'm feeling kind of lost. So I'm sure they a lot dumped of- the people's will in, in jest. I mean, you want my take on it? <laughs> I, 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 do, I mean, we need some sort of take here right now. <laughs> okay, I feel. Well, here's like, my yeah. take. Uh, they they duped the people, really. I think that's Brian's, Governor Brian Schweitzer's take uh, largely. For the most part, that's why they did this uh, in a way that was really kind of, I don't know, I don't know if if conspicuous is the right word. It was really kind of odd way that they did this. And they just came out in in this huge wave of dissent against cannabis. It was like the cannabis is evil thing getting played out. And uh, they just won popular support about it, a lot of it because uh, they, it was a, a big adjustment for them to make. Their their numbers skyrocketed like a lot of places did just because people feel more comfortable using that. Do they not realize how many people are having serious problems? I mean, it's not just like most of these people are people that have a hangnail or all this shit you hear on the news. It's really... But uh, they got this guy to go in there and slug it out for them. So that's uh, it looks like a great thing. I mean, I hope this works. We'll definitely keep watching this story. Um, What's this? And then this is so. So basically, what I'm trying to understand exactly what's what just happened in Montana. So legalized medical marijuana. What year? Did, when? How long ago was that? Oh, that <laughs> happened uh, quite some time ago. Um, when yeah. did that actually happen? In 2004, I think, is when the, the voter <laughs> passed over, initiative. Over the last two years. It's really like jumped in Montana. Many more uh, dispensaries, a lot more growing. Weeds become like more available to people, and there's been a backlash. Legislators tried to write a bill to throw out medical marijuana altogether, right? In Montana, right? And then, right, that's and SB 423, sponsored by Senate Majority Leader uh, Jeff Esman, a Republican from Billings. That's 423. 
Mm-hmm. I thought that the governor didn't sign 423. I thought that he that he vetoed it. Um, they were. They, so they the wrote a bill that, that would have gotten rid for, of medical marijuana, and the governor did not sign it. And then oh, they wrote okay. a bill Hold that regulated I, this it. This is right? a big part. This will help you out a lot. Uh, so then they, they, the legislator, I was beginning to say earlier, that's what happened. I think I went off course there or something. But uh, the, the, the thing that they did was they introduced a repeal law to repeal it completely and just wipe it out. Right. Um, and then that was the vetoed, governor did though, veto by the governor. That. He goes, no way. For the same reason we agree that that's that's basically chipping the people out of their out of their voice, which is what they are supposed to be doing and <laughs> representing in the first place. And so okay. this one, he said he wanted to veto, but uh, they sent it back for some negotiations, which he got a couple of his kind of compromise things, but he didn't get some of the primary ones and. Uh, like uh, he wanted to widen the grow the people that can grow, and and what this was l- largely lauded as this SB four twenty three the current one um, is just kind of ref- it's uh, repeal in disguise. It's it's huge right. reform. It I regulates mean, it to the point to where it makes it very difficult for any business to exist. Right. right? Okay. Right. So that's basically okay. So. So the governor like covered his ass because obviously you can't just repeal. I mean, obviously you can't just repeal a law that was voted on by the voters without their right. without their consent. Like pretty much, I would imagine he knew if he did that, it was not going to work out in in his in Montana State Supreme Court. But what he's saying is, but it's okay to amend it and write new laws about it and regulate it as much as we want without seeking. The voters' opinion on it, and you know, I think that state to state, you're going to have different rulings about whether or not that is okay, whether or not you can let the legislators sure. continue to legislate on top of bills that were passed by voters. In California, we've kind of said no, you can't, but there right. we'll have to find out whether or not their Supreme Court will allow this to. Because I mean, obviously, it sounds like that's this what you're saying. This group is gonna is gonna fight back, right, to try and mm-hmm. take down, and that's ultimately where it will go it's to the Montana Supreme Court. And they'll decide whether or not, you know, writing additional laws that basically amend the original law is legal or not in that state, right? That's right. That's right. And uh, okay, the, I'm not lost the, that, that new bill uh, requires that those patients claiming severe chronic pain must ob- uh, obtain either objective proof from a physician or an opinion from a second physician confirming it. So that's that's a lot more. Uh, strict in that case, but you have to uh, go one more step to get your card. Basically, the, now the, the cool thing is that there's ten, tens of thousands of people that you know it's on the backside of a very very uncool thing. Of course, I'm getting cut cut off like this, preempted by their legislature. That, that's against their wishes. But uh, they the good thing is on the backside of that is that th- that many people are already behind this, and All so right. you know they'll have a big presence. I would imagine at their state house when these things are being discussed. Yep. Yep. This probably flows right into this. This is a story. Matt, you've got this story down here about a mom who's worried about her son being able to find medicine. Yeah, we got a clip for it, in fact. <coughs> cool. This morning, we bring you the story of a Glendive mother who is watching the governor very closely to see if he will veto or sign a bill into law that would reform Montana's medical marijuana industry. As Colorado's Kyle Madura reports, she says the drug has done wonders for her autistic son. 
Coral Campbell says 10 years ago, her son was uncontrollable. I have a 14-year-old son that is high-functioning Asperger's, who is never able to sit still and, and play Legos or color in a coloring book or race a car across the road. It was always constant moving all the time. The family took up sign language because Nick only spoke gibberish. Desperate, Coral signed him up for a Canadian experimental drug trial. It totally changed Nick's life. At the end of the 19 months, we found out that he was taking THC capsules. Not only did I was ecstatic to hear, I love you, Mommy, but to be able to understand it. These days, Nick will eat a cannabis cookie or have a sucker before bed. He's capable of attending school, if only for a few hours a day, and has been able to stop taking prescription drugs that hurt his kidneys. And very disturbing to me to know that I might not be able to get those for him. A reform bill is expected to pass this week, eliminating commercial caregivers. Campbell says she has no interest in learning how to grow her own marijuana and says making liquid medicine in treats is well beyond her capabilities. It's a matter of knowing how it's made, what's in it, how much is in it, what percentage it is, and that's what I expect when I go to my local pharmacy. Legislators say they aim to eliminate caregivers and reduce the number of patients because many recreational users abuse the law. I can't, I can't sit back and watch my child suffer again. Campbell says if efforts to stop the reform bill don't work, she'll likely move to another state. Kyle Madura, Color 8 News. Hmm. Unbelievable. That's a great yes. clip, by the way. Yeah, and that's that's what people are ultimately afraid of there. And with the, the new regulations, that's the vibe that's coming out there. We're just going to have to keep up with it and see how how they enforce all these these new regulations with 423 because they're going to start enforcing them prior to find caring what the state supreme court says about the legality of of this bill anyways so mm-hmm. um so we will uh we'll follow up on that so Jason Christ is filing a lawsuit against Montana's Department of Health and Human Services for failing to renew his medical card yeah, um we got a clip of I, I don't. What what was what he's was the, his uh, deal? He's the controversial activist from Montana. Okay, and he's the one that wants people to be able to get their card super easy, super fast, in and out, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, Wasn't that for, his his for, deal for okay. hiccups or you know whatever you know or whatever the proverbial hiccup guy? Yeah, mm-hmm. he basically right. He basically. I mean, I'm I I dig his philosophy. I'm kind of on the <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, I don't think that's nice at all. Yeah, really and truly. So let's <laughs> check out what he's got to say. So apparently. Um, someone's not getting their cards renewed. Let's check this out. Medical marijuana supporter and cannabis care owner Jason Chris can no longer legally smoke pot, and he's not happy about it. His medical marijuana card expired expired April 17th, and the Department of Public Health and Human Services did not renew it. So he's suing them. In a complaint filed earlier this week in Missoula District Court, Chris is seeking $7,000. He says he uses marijuana to manage the pain of Crohn's disease. His business, Cannabis Care Connects, would be patients with doctors to provide recommendations for medical marijuana cards at traveling clinics and online clinics. The business still advertises those online clinics on their website, even though they've been forbidden by the Montana Board of Examiners. So the clip wasn't ultra-relevant. We covered it. We, and we, we said, we, but yeah, mm-hmm. he's suing them. He's suing them. Well, we got the seven thousand dollars part. I was wondering how much money he's suing them for. He's suing them for seven thousand. If I was in Montana, I would go to Jason. I don't know if it's Christ or Christ, but I would go to. I said go to Jason's house and take him weed and just go here, bro, man. Dude, weed. he's got Crohn's disease. I mean, I wonder you know why. I mean, is? he it's probably like, oh my gosh. yeah. 
He's probably follow, dotted all of his I's and crossed the T's and tries to get his application in on time and everything, I'm sure, you know, and they're not renewing it for political reasons for someone that's, that's got Crohn's disease. That's pretty, pretty messed yes. up. Yes. That's pretty messed up. Let's move on to pot in the Pacific North, Northwest. Uh, Washington's still stuck in marijuana hell. Matt, you got a clip for this? <laughs> yeah, I do. Here it is. All right. <laughs> Well, here at home, the governor may have vetoed the bill, but the debate over the medical marijuana has not died down. Lawmakers are now looking to the state attorney general to shed some light on the legality of regulating pot. John Hopperstadt has more. These medical marijuana activists used a camera to take pictures a little too close to the federal building in Seattle. Camera. You want to know if this is a medicine, why are we not being treated fairly? They were protesting last week's DEA raids on pot dispensaries in Spokane, exactly the kind of federal crackdown the governor warned about when she vetoed the medical marijuana bill. Her concern is that the feds might arrest state workers who license those distributors. I will not subject my state employees to federal prosecution. Period. We shouldn't let the federal government bully us. Representative Roger Goodman and 14 other lawmakers have asked State Attorney General Rob McKenna to issue a formal legal opinion about medical marijuana and what the feds might or might not do if the state regulates it. We need advice quickly because we can't leave such uncertainty. We're driving patients who need this medicine into the streets, uh, the risky illegal market. Uh, and uh, we need to remedy the situation. California, Oregon, and other states already regulate pot. Colorado even taxes it, and the feds have left them alone. The attorney general's office says he hasn't reviewed the letter or the bill yet, but the governor does believe the state medical marijuana law needs to be clarified. Goodman and his colleagues just hope to get some kind of legislation passed before the special session ends. John Hopperstead, Q13, Fox News. And we did get a chance to ask the governor what she thought about lawmakers requesting the attorney general's opinion. She says in her mind, it wouldn't matter. It's fine they've asked for an opinion, but it's not relevant. Uh, what's relevant is what the two U.S. attorneys have said they will do. Right now, lawmakers are in their second week of the special session with the goal of finishing up in 30 days. Yeah. Wow. That was uplifting. Medical marijuana hell. Yeah, what's yeah. up with that, man? It's you know, well, that's, I mean, isn't that the first one? That's the first one, uh, Governor Gregoire from Washington, that said, "Hey, if we were to do this, would that?" And then made suggestive comments. I don't think question. it's stupid to ask your attorney general to do their job and form an, a legal opinion on what they think could happen. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. that's the true. Supposedly, they're appointed to that job because. You think they're the best attorney in the state to handle that job? I think it's reasonable to ask the opinion of one of your employees, or you know, uh, um, the attorney general, to, to to give you that and, and tell you what they think. However, just because even if it comes back, well, we think that the federal well, at some point, you know, like it's kind of like it seems like it's the to some degree, it's almost like the states. The state's supposed to fight for their rights, right? Isn't that isn't that kind of what we got going on in the, in our in our federalist system here? Like, you're kind of supposed to push back a little bit and try and like firm up your rights right. as a state to do things the way you want to to have some autonomy mm -hmm. from the federal government, yeah. some autonomy from the federal government. So just because the opinion comes back, this could be this and this could be that, you still have to make a decision at some point. What's right? What should you do? Absolutely. Should 
You know, like, and so if, if they lose to, I will not subject my state employee <laughs> to, uh, period. period. Uh, well, maybe, you know, maybe you should consider thinking about what's right instead. I mean, this picture could be a lot bigger than your state and your, your legislators. It, it is, in fact. So, um, you know, do the right thing. Do the right thing, sister. Right. Paul, what's up with Radical Russ? What happened here? What's going on? Oh, yeah. Radical Russ Belleville, of course, uh, from the uh, Normal Live Network, National Normal Normal Live Network. Mm -hmm. Um, Normal Show Live and the Normal Stash blog. Also, he's the uh, uh, outreach coordinator for uh, Normal as well. Um, He's always cool. Uh, Remember? I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was... uh, Back when the Columbia, Missouri SWAT raid happened, they killed that guy's dogs on film and it went viral. Remember that? He said mm-hmm. something like, may all the guys that perpetrated that, he was talking about like the adrenaline junkies that wanted to go in and shoot somebody. Um, he said, may all of them, when, when they arrive in hell, could, what was the, what's the mythical three-headed dog? Cerberus or something? Cerberus. Mm, and he said, may know. Cerberus be waiting for them and their balls be coated in peanut butter. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So he's always a well, well-spoken gentleman. I think that's where the radical in quotation marks, like in front of his name comes from actually. And in this case, he's got a, he's picked a, a really good, he's got a good uh, reasonable bone to pick, I think with the United States government and Obama specifically. Um, the, the, the little piece is called Obama's war on cannabis business continues with U S attorney, medical marijuana threat letters. And he's talking just about that intimidation thing that's been going on lately. So uh, it's kind of lengthy. I don't want to talk about it too much, but there's a couple clips in there that you can look at video clips as well. And it explains uh, what's going on when uh, with from kind of a radical Russ slant. So it, it's interesting read anyway. Cool. Yeah. And um, it looks like in the national spotlight, uh, today, what's we got Mike Mike Huckabee on Ron Paul's suggestion about legalizing drugs. We got yeah, a clip for this. Yeah, he was on the uh, on Judge Napolitano, our favorite guy. Oh, on Fox News we haven't show. heard that in a long time, yeah. man. Freedom Watch. We love it's it. like the election ended, and and Judge Judge Napolitano quit coming to our to our defense. I think, I think they're uh, I think they're bumping him up. I think he's going to be uh, Glenn Beck's replacement. Oh, did Glenn Beck get fired? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you yeah you didn't hear about that? No, that was no, a big no, no, thing. No. Yeah, yeah, Glenn Beck's gone. I missed that. What happened? I don't know exactly. I I don't follow it that close, but I know he got fired. Really? And he lost huh. his contract, right? Isn't that right? I don't know. Maybe we'll so. have to look at. We're 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 yeah we're, we're, yes we're, yeah let uh, a month ago even you haven't heard about this. No, well, I mean, I don't watch Fox. I haven't been watching the news he's, channel. The, I guess he's still on, but I guess at the end of this season or whatever, he's done. Yep. Really? Okay, done. so he's not, like, fired then. He just doesn't have a contract coming back. Oh, yeah, they not. did not renew his contract. Uh-huh. Okay, right. gotcha. Ron Paul suggested that uh, you could legalize heroin. I think that's what this one's about, right? Right, and it's my company's uh, response. Okay. Okay. Okay, take a listen to the audience's reaction last night, Governor Huckabee, to Congressman Paul defending legalizing all drugs. I thought of you when he said this, including heroin. (laughs) Take a listen. What you're inferring is, you know what? If we legalize heroin tomorrow, everybody's going to use heroin. 
How many people here would use heroin if it was legal? I bet nobody would put their hand, oh yeah, I need the government to take care of me. I don't want to use heroin, so I need these laws. One of the biggest <laughs> applause lines of the night in one of the most conservative uh, parts of the country before a largely conservative Republican audience agreeing with Congressman Paul that you own your own body and ought to be able to do with it as you wish. What does Mike Huckabee say? Well, first of all, let's remember that Ron Paul takes a great crowd with him wherever he goes. As, I've as does Mike debates. Huckabee. Right, but, but that uh, overwhelming cheer is not representative of South Carolina. I guarantee you, if you poll the Republicans in South Carolina and say, would you like to legalize drugs, it'll be an 80-20 Will, will this be an issue uh, in the presidential race if Ron Paul and Gary Johnson are not the Republican nominee, or will it only be an issue? Will it only be an issue if there's a strong libertarian influence in the in the uh, ticket? Only if there's a strong libertarian uh, influence, because most Republicans do believe that there is uh, a valid reason that. Part of the social contract is that we uh, do not allow illicit drugs on the streets and that we uh, have some sense of those should, drugs being should illegal. Should the federal government or should it be left to the states be in the business of legislating morality? So in other words, if you want to move to Massachusetts or yeah. California, where morality might be different than in South Carolina or Arkansas, you'd have the chance to do it. But if everything was uniform, there'd be no place to go. Well, it depends on, you know, for example, I think that uh, there are some issues that transcend states' rights. That's what the issue of the Civil War was about. If, if slavery is morally wrong, then it's not morally wrong because it's geographical. Morally wrong means that it's wrong in New Hampshire and it's wrong in North Carolina. It can't be right somewhere if it's not right, right you, somewhere else. Can you would equate this argument to the private use of something in your home, like medical marijuana? Well, I think that that's a different issue. I, I'm personally not convinced that medical marijuana is the great cure-all. The states that have approved it, uh, they're finding that everybody now needs uh, marijuana for just about everything. <laughs> And, it, and these dispensaries are, are popping up in places like Colorado, right. California, and the states are now having to relook at uh, Washington State this very when, week has backed when, off a proposal. When you decide whether or not you're going to run. All right, so he just cuts off and goes on about whether he's going to uh, run or not. I'm pretty not impressed with whatever Mike Huckabee has to say anyway <laughs> on the norm. It so, was interesting um, that Ron Paul got a, a, a big applause for that line, though. Oh, right. but that's well, just because he carries a big stated, crowd I mean. with him everywhere he goes. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's the only reason. It's not because it made sense. It doesn't make mm -hmm. any sense. It's and it then, made like, blatant dude, sense. sense. And you f everybody felt it immediately, how much sense it made. And then he just equated it with slavery again. Like, come on, dude. Is slavery immoral? Y yeah, across the board. But, like, you know, well, I, think I don't know. I think wasn't his point... It, when he mentioned that part, though, I think his point was that if it's wrong, if it's plain, literally just wrong, then it's wrong anywhere. No, and not true. There's no black and white on a lot of things. Is so this like, wrong? But yes, it's wrong or it's right. Like drug use for everybody, drug use for everybody is different. Like some people can uh, can handle doing drugs sometimes and some people right. can't. And right. um I don't know, like, we allow people to kill themselves with shitty food, we allow people to kill themselves uh -huh. driving cars, we allow people to Every kill day. themselves smoking cigarettes and taking over-the-counter legal prescription drugs, um, mm -hmm. it, yeah, I don't know, and I don't think that, like, when you talk about just marijuana, it doesn't. Need, it's not even, like, killing yourself to smoke marijuana, but, right. you know, like heroin whatever else you kind of are taking a stab at your well-being if you use it regularly but i mean like so is eating mcdonald's every single day you know it can kill you pretty right. fast 
And his point about heroin is... If you smoke a certain kind of strain, you know, a lot of it, then it can promote McDonald's eating sometimes. Yeah. Not, yeah. Well, that's, that's your own, you know, I think the the (laughs) problem is not the marijuana. It's the fact that you are socialized in a, in a society where eating McDonald's is okay. Yeah. That's the the difference there really. You know, I don't know. I just, I just, I've always been very much a libertarian when it comes to how you deal with your own body and, um, it's your choice entirely. It's the libertarian view, correct? As long as you're not hurting other people, you know what I mean? Like, I I mean, and I know that people are like, well, when you do heroin, everyone around you suffers and everyone suffers. And it's like, I know, but you know, like, I don't know if if you're, uh, uh, when it comes to other drugs, I have a much harder time talking about it because with marijuana, you're basically not harming anyone. You're really not even harming yourself. So... Mm. So, so it's, it's kind of a false a, argument, really. What from that point of from that perspective? Because it, it's not the same thing. It, marijuana shouldn't be inclusive in that uh, characterization. I don't think so. Making, I think it's. I th- I've always felt that when we're t- when you're talking about drugs in general, and you're talking about marijuana, you're talking about two totally separate things. Because marijuana is very unique as far as like right. what it can like its ability to like how safe of a drug it actually is. Um, sure. You know, cocaine, heroin, methamphetamine, they can all damage your body and damage your organs and make you unhealthy with overuse. Smoking pots might make you a little, a little dull. Maybe if you smoke too much pot, but it's not like really affecting your health in, in like a way that's going to kill you. I don't think from everything we've, you know, we've learned, nope. uh, so I don't know. So yeah, I see it's see it as kind of a false ar- argument. And um, I, in general, am kind of I don't know that I'm about legalizing all drugs. I think I'm more about decriminalizing them and kind of it being a public safety, public health matter. And far and, and st- instead of like you know throwing everybody in jail for doing drugs, um, but then like I really just I kind of gotten to the point to where like kind of bulking marijuana in with the legalizing drug argument it's kind of just it doesn't really make sense to me anymore marijuana is kind of separate at this point and um yeah i agree so because you know if they legalized heroin would you do it i wouldn't me no i mean i could do heroin no i, no, I could have done it yesterday no i could have done it. it no i'm not yeah, yeah no i but if i, I could I, if you or, could just do weed legally would you do it yeah well, of course but it's a different thing it's not Sure. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and I drink legally occasionally too, you know, and it is legal, but I also know, okay, that was tough. I'm not going to drink for a while now. I don't, you know what I mean? And I, right. you know, like, so, um, I think heroin, I'd have a little bit more problem being able to do that than with booze. It's highly addictive. Um, so I don't ever want to do heroin. I'm sure it probably feels great, but I'm kind of also worried that I'd become addicted to it and ruin my life. And uh, so, yeah, hence here I am at 31, never done heroin, never planning on doing heroin. If you tell me we're going to get hit by a asteroid next week and the worldwide end might is going to end next Wednesday, uh-huh. then, you know, perhaps I'll, I'll mainline, but you know, like, I don't know. It's, it's not something that most people want to do. Um, it, as far as we know, how many deaths a year are caused by heroin in the United States? Only, I mean, like, 
it's like less than 10,000 or something like that, I think. So, um, which aspirin kills like 15,000 people a year. So I don't know. I don't know. I think it's basically not as big of an epidemic. Is that what you're saying? It's not. And, um, it's not as big of an, epi- and so if, if it were legal, I don't, I mean, would use increase with it being legal? If it's legalized or you're selling it legally, Perhaps, I think, but I mean, I cigarette use has gone down significantly since our public education, since we've started educating people about it and stuff. So I don't know. I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just more of a proponent in general when it comes to drugs on education and help for people that do go over the edge with drugs rather than throwing people in jail, ruining their entire life, ruining their families. Um, but then again, I'm at, at that. I am not in at this point any no longer am I into grouping legalizing marijuana into the discussion with other drugs. It's just it's kind of yeah. uh, they're just totally true. different. Yeah. Let's move on to international insanity. Oh, Iowa. You know, uh, I mean uh, Ottawa, not Iowa. Uh, you know, a couple of what was it last uh, show? I think uh, we were talking about the uh, landmark judgment um, in Saint Catherine's. That uh, legalized marijuana possession. Well, it had the potential to. They gave them uh, the high judge, high court judge, um, Ontario Superior Court judge, they call it there. Uh, Donald Taliano threw out a pot production charge against uh, Matthew Murna. And uh, as a result of the ruling, he gave him, uh, he said the law was bogus and that uh, Murna filed this thing that said he couldn't get a marijuana, a medical marijuana card. Nobody would give it to him and he needs it really bad. He, uh, he's, uh, he's got like, fibromyalgia, scoliosis, and a seizure disorder. Um, so he started this whole case, and the Superior Court judge said, you have 90 days to change this law or they become null and void, which would make it totally legal. So we reported that likely uh, they would come back and respond to this, and the federal government is definitely appealing that landmark ruling. Um, so we'll just keep an eye on it. I don't think it's worth mentioning too much just now, but uh, that's where they're going. This will be an important fight, by the way. Uh, more on that international insanity later. Um, so what's going on in, in, in uh, Holland? It looks like they've ruled that five plants are okay. Is that for everybody or what? Yeah, the Dutch can grow five marijuana plants. No problem, says their high court. Uh, people can grow up to five marijuana plants at home. Um, you know what? I should preface this with the fact that we got this from StopTheDrugWar.org. Uh, it's part of their Drug War Chronicle issue 681. So I always recommend people go check that out because it's really cool. And you can get it for free to your internet box or your email box. Um, but the story, as the story goes, the people can grow up to five marijuana plants at home uh, without facing criminal charges, uh, no matter how big the harvest um, so they can, the, the plant size or quantity doesn't matter. This is a, the significance basically of this, this rule change. The Dutch high court ruled, uh, I think it was last Tuesday, maybe two Tuesdays ago now. Um, but the plants must be handed over to police if they come on an official visit, the court held. So they have the option of coming in and busting them up. It's not all roses, you know, all peachy keen over there yet, but this is a, a significant change where the ruling addresses uh, two separate marijuana cultivation cases from 06 and 08. Um, in one case, a man was found to have five plants in his garden that yielded nearly five pounds a pot. In the other case, a couple was found with five plants uh, yielding nearly 12 pounds. Prosecutors uh, had argued that the large harvest violated the regulations that allow individuals to possess up to five grams of uh, cannabis for their own use. But it's unclear what the cultivators intended to do with their harvest. Under Dutch policy, 
uh, licensed coffee shops can sell pot, you know, the infamous coffee shops over there in Holland. Um, but the, the policy makes no provision for growing pot for the coffee shops to sell. Um, so as a result, a significant black market's grown up to uh, supply the coffee shop, uh, the coffee houses. Um, and that's, that's created another created uh, problem created basically by either prohibition or lack of, of proper, um, you know, regulation on how things work. But the, it has changed a little bit to the pot in a positive, you know, so I thought that was worthy of uh, mentioning. Definitely. It looks like there was a march, too. Where is this uh, march at? What, uh, there's an international the march. marijuana march, am I right? Yeah, all over the globe this thing happened. Yeah. yeah. And, Where uh, was the, everywhere in like major cities throughout the world? Yeah, uh, Toronto and all over in Canada and then um, in Mexico and Argentina and I'm sure in Europe and I don't know about Africa, but all over the, all over the globe. But yeah, not Saturday, just yesterday, right? There were a couple in the United States, but uh, not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot. I don't believe. Hmm. I heard about one in Texas. Yeah, I think there places. was one up in Chicago, Illinois, as well. Cool. Do we need the clip for this, or uh, yeah, we can. Do you want to roll it? Sure. Sure. There were jokers. There were smokers, and there were midnight tokers. Oh, nailed it! The 13th annual Global <laughs> Marijuana March drew hundreds to the streets of Mexico City. Citizens openly smoke joints and hit bongs to get across their message about legalizing marijuana. We are lobbying for the decriminalization of marijuana as a way to reach peace. Currently, the number of dead in Mexico is 40,000, and it's due in big part to drug trafficking. In Argentina, a similar show of force, albeit a chilled one, for the decriminalization of weed. Congressman Claudio Lozano supports such measures. Democracy has to do with a society in which each individual solves or decides their own story. In this sense, if there is use of marijuana, the use can have a recreational or addictive nature. Neither one of them deserves punishment. Organizers of the Global Marijuana March say events took place in 250 cities in 40 countries worldwide. Julie Noche, Reuters. Sick, man. It's great. Unify, unify the voice. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> we've been waiting to get to this one. Apparently, apparently terrorists smoke pot, too. Did you guys know that? No. What's up with this? <laughs> this is... Uh, this. Uh, so, I saw this on a um, tabloid. Did, oh. you, did you guys... Uh, Matt, I know you don't look at tabloids. I, I heard it on the internet somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, I saw it in a tabloid, um, just on the cover. Apparently, there was some, some, some plants around uh, wherever Bin Laden, the compound he was in when he got gunned down. <laughs> Abadabad. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so they're making a big deal about it um, because, uh, you know... That's the the, 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 th- the way that they're trying to make it is like marijuana. Is, some people are like marijuana is obviously not so bad. Look, I mean, not so good for you. Look, Osama bin Laden smokes pot. <laughs> Osama bin smoking. Osama <laughs> bin smoking pot, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that is the gist of this story. I don't think we're ever going to really know whether or not. <laughs> Osama bin blazing or not, you know, <laughs> but I don't know, but, man, it doesn't, it doesn't pass the sniff test with me. 
Yeah, I'm. I, I'm. I'm not that. Uh, I think it's it's almost tongue in cheek, right? Isn't it intended that way? I hope so. It's, it's like, like one of those things where like, the murderer and they're like, and he had weed in his pocket. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. You know, yeah. didn't he have porn or something? Was the big yeah, headlines recently? Porn, yeah, porn too. The way nope. I see it, <laughs> the way I see it, hey, even terrorists smoke pot. Yeah. Yep. You know why? Because it's they had. To, who needs to chill more than that guy? Well, why wasn't he? Hasn't he? Wasn't he like dying for the last ten years? Could too? have been using it for his condition, I suppose. Yeah, that's an ultimate chill, right? A need for a chill pill, right there. You know, if you have a serious medical plus, plus, plus look, like he he's wants to kill Al-Qa- people all the time. If he like didn't the- smoke pot, he probably killed a whole shitload more people. You know, it's not like he was the only person at this compound either. Could have been one of the many, many people that were there. Yeah, yeah. there were a ton of people there. Reporting. Everywhere, somebody's smoking pot. You just yeah. can't ignore it. Terrorists you know? smoke pot too. <laughs> Even <laughs> terrorists, awesome. yeah. Even terrorists. Right. Oh, All right, so on to some more serious stuff here. It looks like we're gonna get some Southwest stuff. Arizona, there's been a bill. Is this bill been signed into law? It's a bill to protect the rights of employees who are using medical marijuana. Um, I think we have a clip. Hopefully, it explains. Marijuana. It's about to become a reality here in Arizona as dispensaries set up for business. Doctors are writing out prescriptions and patients are applying for cards to use medical marijuana. The employer's rights, well, what rights do they have concerning workers who've been prescribed medical marijuana? Dan Spindle, looking into this story, he's live with some answers. Yeah, Linda, a lot of medical marijuana advocates, they liked the wording of Prop 203 that stated that employers could not discriminate against medical marijuana card holders, even if they had a positive drug test, as long as they weren't impaired on the job. A new bill has passed that seems to further that position, but it also tells employers what they can do if they suspect drug abuse among employees. Arizona's medical marijuana program is now underway, with the state accepting and approving applications for patients, and dispensaries will be close behind. After Prop 203 passed in November, allowing pot for certain patients in our state, employers were put on notice. They'd have to follow regulations regarding employees or potential employees who legally light up. John Allen Dorn is a labor and employment attorney. He told us that legislation that passed this week will help clear up the matter for Arizona's business owners as far as drug testing and impairment on the job are concerned. You have to have other forms of reasonable suspicion coupled with a positive test result when you're dealing with a cardholder. So it does lay it out for employers, uh, but there's still a fair amount of ambiguity. That reasonable suspicion, according to HB 2541, is called a good faith belief that an employee might be high on the job. That's not allowed. But a positive drug test alone for medical marijuana cardholders doesn't mean that they're guilty of doing anything wrong either. Everything that's illegal to begin with is still illegal. The key for 2541 was to make clear that you can't retaliate against an employee for being a cardholder. But at the end of the day, an employee can't bring it to work, can't be impaired at work. And there are various ways under 2541 to determine whether or not an employee is impaired at work. HB 2541, it's all but law right now. Governor Brewer either needs to sign it or just let it pass into law without a signature. Either way, we've got the entire breakdown of patient applications. That's some new information there on our website, myfoxphoenix.com. I'm Dan Spindle, Fox 10 News. That's potentially good news. That's the right way to go about it, too. Um, 
I wish that, you know, I mean, so it's weird, you know, I'm like stuck on this thing, like, can you amend a voter initiative, you know, which is kind of, I mean, this, because the bill itself, like, duh, you know, this though seems like the right thing to do. So it's like weird. I'm like kind of stuck in this world, like where it's like, ah, I don't want them to have the rights to over-regulate mar- medical marijuana and make, you know, basically push the business out of it by making it so restrictive it can't be in there. It's just like, I don't think they have that right. But then it's like this, protect people's right to be able to use marijuana. I do like like the fact that legislators can just do that and bam, that's there. You know what I mean? So yep. um, She has he, uh, signed the bill into law now. The story mentioned she hadn't yet. But it oh, happened. but she, she has at this mm-hmm. point. Cool. I, I, and I wish that more states would, would do this. Um, California has just had one of those. Mark Leno uh, sponsored that, remember? Yeah, did it did it pass actually in California? I, no, I, I don't think that one's passed yet. It's still going. Yeah, it's still we're, it's still still going. So, mm-hmm. well, <clears throat> good job, Arizona. That's a step in the right direction. I hope you can actually get your program up and running here soon and working for people. <laughs> for sure. Hey, you guys, uh, you guys hear what uh, the Stop the Drug War is doing lately? Tracking those deaths. Um, well, how did it go? Yeah, they're tracking the the every death that's caused by a drug law enforcement agent. So oh. they've tracked um, 27 this year so far. And uh, I just caught on to this, but it's kind of a sad segment, but I think it should be a new yeah. one because it's pretty important. Um, wow. So I'll just go through. We got three stories here. Uh, undercover LAPD narcotics detective shot and killed an apparently homeless, homeless man. Um, they were walking down the street and saw the man who was a, appeared to be cutting up possible narcotics. The officers tried to make contact and the man with his knife turned, uh, and the knife was pointing at the officers. So they shot him and, uh, he was pronounced dead at the hospital. Um, according to one news headline, the undercover LAPD detective shoot and killed a man who was allegedly trying to rob them, but no news accounts, uh, actually, um, support that, that headline. So that's, uh, number 25. Yay. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sad. Um, number 26, a resident of Chicago's West side died Wednesday night after allegedly swallowing drugs as police officers tried to arrest him. Uh, he was acting suspiciously in an area known for drug trafficking. Um, they, he took off running, swallowed a clear pla- plastic bag, uh, and, and then he collapsed in the street, I guess, and was pronounced dead an hour later. And in Tucson, the SWAT team kills a oh, homeowner man. during a drug raid. Not just a homeowner, he's a 26-year-old Afghan and Iraq war vet. Um, after he confronted the intruders with a weapon in his hand, which is mm-hmm. what I would probably do if I thought there were intruders in my house. And just got back from those wars. Yeah. Um, so uh, they actually say he's the 25th, um, but before accounts of his death actually came out, they had, they had clocked the other two. So 25, Jeez. 26, 27. There you go, folks. That's about one a week, by the way, if... <laughs> according to you my know, math. I knew, I knew that eventually there had to be SWAT. I was just about, before you, you rolled right into that very smoothly, by the way, and I was just going to interject there and say, wow, I'm so surprised we haven't heard anything about SWAT, and that story is about SWAT figures. Yeah. Well, this is going to be, uh, honestly, it's a, we're, this is gonna, we're gonna, if we cover this every week, which it sounds like there's about like a little over one per week, 
that they're going to track uh-huh. will have a story every week. And dude, that's that's sad. It's, they suck, but it's reality, and it's part of the story. You know, so that's. But yeah, that, that, it is. is. It's so. part of the honest narrative about what's going on right now. Yeah, I mean, we can't just ignore it because we don't want to be Debbie Downer and cover crappy news. Like this is it's they're doing it for you know, stop the drug war has a good idea here. It's like, just telling the shittiest part of the story, or, you know, you know, one of the shittiest yep. parts of the story. And yep. um, it's why we exist. Yeah, it yeah. is. And we also exist to tell you to do a little news deconstruction. Um, and uh, yeah. it's time to do that right now. We've got a but is it sophisticated uh, seg for you today. Looks like a pol- <laughs> police bust of an organized grow operation. <laughs> Let's hear this. Today, a Pasco County deputy stopped a major marijuana growing operation. As Eric Waxel reports, the sheriff says the bust will keep a lot of illegal drugs off our streets. It started with a disturbance call involving an argument and a bloody machete that led deputies to this home on County Line Road in Spring Hill, just off the Suncoast Highway. When they got here, they found just one man, but also noticed the strong odor of marijuana. Detectives ended up finding more than 50 pot plants inside this structure behind the home. They are valued at $1,000 each. And it was a sophisticated operation involving yes. lights and an intricate electrical setup. This is much bigger than a mop operation. This is organized. There's no doubt about that. As for that blood on the machete, New Pasco County Sheriff Chris Nako says it didn't come from a person, but from sacrificing chickens, part of a religious ceremony. In the Caribbean, they use sacrifices. They mix voodoo with Catholicism, and they use that to pray to the gods that they believe will protect them in uh, drug cases. The sheriff says those involved are likely (laughs) undocumented immigrants. One of them was questioned and taken into custody. Investigators say they've seen bigger operations, but this one is significant. There's a parent who doesn't have to worry that their child's going to high school um, high on marijuana. This is somebody who's not going to be using marijuana as a gateway drug to something stronger. And more importantly, this is not going to be a child who's neglected or abandoned because their loved ones are going to use the marijuana and leave them home, home alone. Nako says he hopes this seizure leads to something much bigger. In Spring Hill, Eric Waxler, ABC Action News. It's the trickle Jeez. down and the trickle up and the uh, slippery slope and uh, either or, <laughs> all in one. How many fallacies in can you fill in one news story? Uh, yeah. Um, poor children, because that's what all weed dope growers are doing. They're just growing and their the dope. And the gateway that's caused by the Pasco police, in part. <laughs> Pasco. Hey, where's Pasco at, by the way? Pasco is. I don't even. I didn't bother to figure that part out. <laughs> Where is old Pasco? Sounds like Roscoe Pico train. <laughs> Organized, intricate. It was Dude. sophisticated. Yeah, I was happy to hear that it was sophisticated. It Organized, was intricate, sophisticated. Oh, one less oh, they even how many clips did, you can get and they mention stuff like that it's, and it's they have to attack the children issue in the same one you know like wow. yeah I'm hoping that this classic. Like, that was classic yeah. that was classic if you guys like what we do um, we do a lot of new lately we haven't been doing as much of this because the news has been pretty heavy lately you guys it's like it's like three shows straight now where it's like a lot of the stuff we need to cover is very heavy and time-consuming, so we haven't been able to get to a lot of these sorts of segments, but we really, really like doing um, these sort of segments because, I don't know, it's just it's 
great stuff, you know, to see exactly how people, how the media tries to portray marijuana. And um, so, if you guys are into to what we do at this point, it's it's, it's time. First of all, thank you for being here. We appreciate all you guys so much. Um, um, Cannabis Agenda wouldn't exist without you guys. So, thank you for all your participation, all your support. Thanks for listening. Um, We've gotten to a point with the show where we've really got to figure out how to uh, raise some money. Um, We need some new equipment, and um, it's time for us to figure that out. We now have a tab on our website, which is CannabisAgenda.com, which I believe is the support tab, right? Yeah. And, yep, and you can donate to us now via PayPal. Um, You don't have to have a... Uh, you don't have to pay through PayPal. You just have to have a PayPal account. You can still pay through any of your credit cards. Um, but you, it's through a PayPal account. Um, we would really appreciate any sort of donation that you could you could give us. Um, you could sign up to do it monthly, one time, whatever. Uh, this is new for us. We've been this. I think this is the third show where we've asked. Um, and uh, so, so if you want to, just, right? It's, it's like it feels yeah. like it's where we take the hat off. I'm not telling you, hey, if you're not giving me 10% of you, you're going to hell. No, 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 no. You can still enjoy the sermon without paying. We don't mind. It's all good. But if you can afford to help us out, it would help us out. I mean, we put a lot of time into this show. We make nothing. And it would be nice for us to be able to upgrade our equipment um, and someday perhaps have enough revenue to where m- maybe it's not just completely, um, you know, us doing this without it somewhat being self-sustainable. So we're in the process of trying to figure this out. Our first step is to beg you guys for money. So <laughs> if you've got it, help us out. If you don't, we totally understand. I know there's a lot of starving college kids listening to this show. So, um, okay. But, you know, hey, if you guys wanted to, maybe you could even help us with a one-time small donation of $4.20, too. So please uh, check that out on our website, canvasagenda.com. We'd really appreciate it. I know there's some of you out there with some money, like this guy. Let's move on to the Midwest. Um, Ohio, uh, uh, Ohio billionaire vows to get medical marijuana on the 2011 ballot. Maybe he should mm-hmm. give us a few hundred dollars, too, at the same time. That'd be nice. Um, what's the deal with this story, buddy? Actually, he might actually do that. We'll have to ask him what he thinks about that idea because uh, he's got the bucks for sure. Um, He's a billionaire chairman of Progressive Corporation, and he's a well-known medical marijuana advocate. Uh, Peter B. Lewis is his name, and he is seeking proposals to run a campaign to legalize medical marijuana in Ohio. The issue uh, would go on the ballot if successful um, in 2012. Ah, so this isn't for the 2011 because this, the thing here we have is 2011 ballots. Actually, for the 2012 ballot, I believe that's correct. Unless there's a typo, I think that's right though. I think there's a 2012 ballot. Um, okay. And uh, there's a quote here from Graham Boyd, from the the former director of the ACLU Drug Law Reform Project, and uh, he's a advisor to Peter B. Lewis. Um, he said, uh, "Quote: We want to see what kind of proposals that come in, and we'll proceed from there." So basically, he's going, you know, to do any of these great ideas that people have, it takes a ton of money. And we just don't have that to be able to make that happen through those uh, channels. And in this case, he's going, I already have already got the money. 
just give me the right insight into what to do and what action to take. So that's kind of where they're at right now and uh, soliciting some response from some credible individuals and they'll take all of those responses and probably choose which direction to go with this and hopefully launch some sort of uh, initiative. Gotcha. So um, here's the story we got sent from Shakedown too. Um, you said this was a sad one. Another big criminal off the street. What a waste of tax oh, money. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm glad sad we, one. I'm glad we got this guy. He's just trying to take care of me the best way he knew how. Friday is a day wrought with emotion for 61-year-old Sherry Burton. The husband she has known and loved as her partner for 44 years is now a convicted felon, she says, for trying to protect her. If I didn't have Gary there to hang on to me and hold me and say it's okay, I probably wouldn't have got through a lot of those days. Sherry suffers from depression and anxiety and was diagnosed with breast cancer that has now spread to her lymph nodes. It was a major blow to the couple, but she says Gary wanted to ease her fear and pain with something natural, something he could provide on his own. It's helped me in sleeping uh, at night. Even though I'm on other medication, it still helps me to relax and not uh, be consumed with the cancer. One, One was here. The other one was here. The couple chose this spot for two marijuana plants secluded in their own Chippewa Lake backyard. Sherry says they chose to grow their own because they wanted it to be pure and free of chemicals. But in January, police arrested 69-year-old Burton for cultivating marijuana in excess of 1,000 grams, enough to convict him of a third-degree felony. Friday morning, Burton was sentenced to 60 days with credit for time served. Gary Burton will serve out the remainder of his 60-day sentence here at the Medina County Jail. Sentence some see as lenient, but to Sherry, it might as well be a Mm -hmm. lifetime. I don't even want to think about the next 60 days. I don't want to think about tomorrow. They took a vow in sickness and in health. But with Gary behind bars, Sherry will have to endure her next two months of treatment alone. I will refuse to go for surgery unless he's by my side. I, I need him by my side. We just want to relax and enjoy our what time we have left, and who knows how long that'll be. Nobody knows. And if there's anything she wants the public to understand, it is this. Marijuana is not as evil and as bad as they think it is. They need to keep an open mind, and someday they may need it, may need it themselves. That's as real as it gets, yo. Wow. Yeah, that is totally real. Man, you know, thank you, Shakedown, for that one. Yeah. Jeez, Louise, those things. You know what? There's, there's my thoughts. Uh, there's two sides. There's, there's like a, a really great part to this and a really negative. Obviously, the negative part is that this exists. These kind of stories even can happen. It, but the good thing is that uh, mainstream media is covering these issues and you know it's so blatantly obvious on its face that this is wrong it shouldn't be happening that i think most people will react that way almost instantly when they see these types of things and that's a that's a change in public uh you know opinion about this issue it is it is and and, and i mean so. you know it, it, it's just a real life um example and uh mm-hmm. you know of what can and, and it's just it's sad dude because 
people that use it and have used it a little bit recreationally at some point know they're like, man, I've heard this could help me for this. It's never been a problem for me before. And then they use it and it works. And regardless of whether it's legal or not in their state, they're going to continue doing it if it works. Right. I mean, when it comes to our health, we, yeah. Um, so it's morally right. I think it's ethically right. I think it's, it's just right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, and it's just tough to see that. That's a that's a that's very real, as real as it can get. Um, looks like speaking of medical marijuana, Illinois. It looks like your bill failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'll uh, mention this in just a second. Before we do move on, I just wanted to say uh, uh, it's worth checking out this uh, clip, this link on our site for that last clip we played. Because when you see it, you're gonna you're gonna get the the full gravity of the whole situation but uh yeah moving on with illinois this is my whole whole report about illinois they're so ignorant and we could probably just move right along from there but uh i will mention we have a link on there that uh has the actual proceedings in the illinois uh, house chamber and it's worth checking out because the fed scheduling and the intimidation tactics and all that stuff were mentioned in there by the republican uh, for their party line talking points against this bill. So uh, there's a little trick that happens in our legislature. It's called postponed consideration where it doesn't go down yet. So if he can uh, muster up the support, um, he can call it to a vote still again. Um, so that's where that's at. And they're so frustratingly ignorant about this issue. Yeah. Uh, you got, and it's just, uh, it's like for Illinois, it's like, brown, brown, brown. Another one bites the dust. We cover it so <laughs> it much. Is. And it, it is just, routinely. Oh, uh, uh, speaking of routinely and the reason we do the show, here's another very real um, story about the <laughs> negative consequences of the war on marijuana. It looks like we've got a clip for this, but apparently a Louisiana man has been sentenced to life in prison after his fourth marijuana charge. Let's take a listen. Well, a debate is now raging over whether the punishment fits the crime after a Louisiana man was sentenced to life in prison following his fourth conviction on marijuana charges. 35-year-old Cornell Hood was sentenced under Louisiana's repeat offender law. And joining me now to talk about it, nationally syndicated radio talk show host Michael Smirconish, who's also an MSNBC contributor. So, uh, Michael, this man, uh, Hood, got off with probation for his first three convictions in New Orleans. And as now, as I stated, under this repeat offender law, um, he's now getting life what do you make of this well this is what you get sometimes Tamron with with mandatory sentencing mandatory sentencing is something that a lot of politicians love because they can thump their chests and they can say you know I'm for locking up the SOBs but then you've got this guy dare I say this poor guy because I think this is a punishment that way way exceeds the crime who would have been subject to no more than 15 years for that final offense if he were only charged with that offense but because as you point out it's a fourth conviction all related offenses now he goes away for life it'll be interesting to see what happens ultimately because i think this is probably prime for a an eighth amendment cruel and unusual punishment kind of an appeal yeah it's interesting the jury uh, deliberated for less than two hours they convicted hood of a reduced charge which would have carried about 15 years in prison but the assistant district attorney used um this guy's past michael uh to urge that he is a career criminal and that he was worthy of a more severe punishment we would talk a lot about 
about these repeat offender laws, especially in the 90s, but you don't hear of people debating them often. But here again is a case involving marijuana, something more and more folks are debating whether it even should be illegal. And this man has a life sentence for this fourth yeah, conviction. And I, think, I think part of the rub here is that this is not a guy who's, you know, found with a bong in his house. He was convicted of an intent to distribute marijuana. So, you know, in the common parlance, he's a he's a dealer. Yeah. Uh, he's also a dope. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's <laughs> remarkable just how he can have his probationary officer come to his house and he's got more than a pound of marijuana yeah. stashed in different locales. But life sentence, I don't think so, particularly at a time when the country is moving toward decriminalization. Well, you, as you pointed out, he had two pounds of marijuana and police found about $1,600 in cash at his home back in September Ooh, when that last bus uh, took place. All right, Michael, <laughs> thank you very much. I always Good love when you, you can throw in your legal background in these discussions. Thanks, Michael. That one didn't take too much legal background, <laughs> I have to tell you. Just good common sense. <laughs> All right, whatever. More like wow. moral background, common, common freaking sense, dude. Jeez, I mean, oh, Wait, he's a dope he's of a that, Yeah, he's a dope and a dealer, but uh, let that dude, dude. I mean, I, you know, come on. <laughs> That's two pounds and sixteen hundred dollars. Um, life dude. in prison, seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cruel and unusual, definitely. Will he get that? I don't know. You know, will that appeal so. win? I don't know. Let's hope so, for sure. We'll definitely, definitely keep you guys posted on that. That's just really sad. <laughs> Very real. Um, we got a You've Got to Be Kidding Me story today. <laughs> yeah. Looks like <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. Should I even tell them what this one is before we play the clip? Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> let's just let's let, try. Yeah. Yeah, let's not. We'll save the punchline. Independence officers showed up at one man's door looking for marijuana, but they found something else. The man says he's not happy. Police thought he could be a drug dealer just based on where he does his shopping. KMBC 9's Cliff Judy shows what led officers to his home. Cliff? Larry, Independence Police tell us that the Highway Patrol has been monitoring several stores like this that sell large plant-growing equipment called hydroponics. Now, that can lead them to <laughs> pot-growing operations or, in this man's case, something else. From his front door, the hydroponic equipment in this man's independence apartment is obvious. It's why police came here Wednesday afternoon looking for marijuana. What I seen today was not protection. That was harassment. All because of where you make a purchase at. Independence officers did find a growing operation here, just not the one they expected. Instead of drug dealers, they found miracle Grow. Instead of product to sell, they found produce. Last time I checked, it wasn't illegal to grow a tomato plant. But makes you wonder. This man asked we not reveal his identity because he's an emergency responder and there's a good chance he'll work with several of the officers who patrolled on April 20th, 420, looking for marijuana. What is anybody going to think now? You know, I'm probably going to be pegged as a guy, well, oh yeah, he was growing something, but they couldn't figure it out, which is not true. While the man says he supports fighting drugs and has no problem with the individual officers who came to his home, he does think labeling him a possible drug dealer because of buying hydroponic equipment is a profiling tactic. I understand a lot of people use it for illegal ways, but, you know, that's just saying that everybody who buys a gun is going to be a criminal and murder somebody. Now, from a police point of view, this was extremely effective today. They made a lot of busts today, like we've mentioned. Independence police told me that by using this same tactic that they used at the man's apartment, they were able to find another large marijuana growing operation at another location this morning. Larry? 
Cliff Judy, thank you very much. Today's it, it was down, probably large. It was, oh. My bad. No, that's all right. That Go ahead. One. No, it's probably large and sophisticated. The one that they actually found from it. Um, I don't know. I think the courts have got to say that this is that this sort of practice can't be done uh, because I don't know, dude. You can just follow people around without warrants. Is that the deal nowadays? And then your reason for getting a warrant is you've seen them in a store purchasing gardening equipment. Uh, I don't like it. This is like everyone's biggest fear when they go to the grocery store, especially in states where it's hell of illegal. You know, like you're like, oh my god, is someone following me? Is someone following me? Well, in some places, yes, <laughs> <laughs> they are. And yeah, actually, that's the scary part. Some places, yeah, the answer is like, yep, <laughs> they really are. Really, truly, Independence was that Missouri? Is that where that was? Independence, Independence, yeah, Independence Missouri? Missouri. Yes. Uh, okay. Missouri. So in Missouri, the cops do follow you home. From your card <laughs> shops. So yeah, be aware. That's the prime example. You know, did you notice they pointed out it was 420? So I think they wanted to use that um, for a media uh, opportunity to bust a bunch of people on 420. Yep. So the joke's on them, guys. Ha ha. I bet they feel crunchy. Super crunchy. They are crunchy. Hmm. Let's get some crunch. Oh, not crunchy. Uh, let's get some activ- activism spotlight here. We've got a few. Yeah, we few started out this one. There's a couple calls to action this this uh, week. But uh, first of all, um, rest in peace, Ben Massel, um, for sure. Uh, if you don't know who Ben Massel is, he's a longtime civil liberties activist, um, a Cossack for seven and a half years. Um, he's passed away as a consequence of lung cancer. He was 56 years old. And uh, this clip we have here has his uh, final diary. A link to his final diary he wrote um, says he was a fighter to the end. He went to uh, the last of hundreds of protests he was involved in during the uprising against Governor Scott Walker, you know, from uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, that's where he's lived for about 40 years. So uh, he was involved with a lot of those and a lot of those protests there. He's been uh, a lot of national stuff. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, maybe uh, check out the story. There's a small clip of him down there, I think, at Oregon Hemstock. Um, and uh, get to know who Ben Massel was. Uh, he's an inspiring guy for the movement, and uh, he will be missed. Uh, on a little brighter note, um, some positive stuff going on in a couple of states here. Uh, well, actually, um, some positive action is necessary for a potential positive thing happening in Pennsylvania re- uh, very soon. Um, Normal is uh, urging uh, citizens of Pennsylvania to tell uh, your state senator to support SB 1003. You can get that link on here or go to uh, Normal's uh, website and search for that as well. There's a, com- a message composition already pre-composed. Fill in a few easy blanks and it'll send it right away to your uh, representatives, your state upper chamber representatives. Um, so you can uh, take action if you're from Pennsylvania. And also, not on a not-so-happy note, but uh, every bit is important. Uh, in Oklahoma, you know, they've just passed this law um, – well, they've just pushed it through their uh, their legislature um, that would make hash making. If you get if you get cannabis, it's one thing, but if you make hash out of it, all of a sudden it becomes a felony punishable by up to life in prison. So uh, MPP on this one is urging you to uh, ask Governor Fallon, uh, the, the governor of Oklahoma, to veto this ridiculous bill. So that's an important one as well. Head on over to our site if you'd like to or either one of those uh, organizations' websites in. 
get involved, make a difference, hopefully so. Um, and with that, I think uh, we're going to leave you. Stick around, though, because I think we have a really, really great clip. Um, don't you guys think? You guys have both heard this, right, from Scott Morgan at Stop the Drug War? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't remember what show he went on. Do you, do you recall? But he nails it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I don't. But yeah, check it out at the end of the show. It's really good. It's about the... It's basically about the um, the scare tactics that the Department of Justice and the Attorney General's office have kind of taken part in with all of the medical marijuana states. So um, check it out. For sure. Check it out. Episode 59, In the Bag. In the Bag. That's the, that should be... We need a segment, In the Bag. In the Bag. Right. Well, uh, hey, man, you know what? Thanks for uh, pulling me through this one. I appreciate it. And thanks for everybody for uh, putting up with my, my dragginess. You know, unavoidable, I promise. Well, but we'll be back next time. I'll have some energy, I, I swear. For episode 60. Brr, brr, sure. brr. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so guys, we've, uh, I, I just, uh, let you all know about this a little while ago, but please consider supporting the cannabis agenda, um, by either subscribing at $4 and 20 cents a month, or just making a one-time contribution. You don't have to, if you're listening to the show, but we would really, really, really appreciate it. If you could, um, check us out at the website, canvasagenda.com. There you can, there's all sorts of links and tabs and whatnot. The support tab is there for you to make a PayPal contribution. So check that out. Um, also our show notes are there. So, uh, you can go there and click on any of the stories that we cover. Um, keep the emails coming in info at cannabisagenda.com suggestions, uh, opinions, ideas, criticisms, scoops, whatever, send them in here. You can also leave us a, uh, three minute, um, voicemail 707-654-CAN, which is C-A-N-N or the numbers 2266. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Super easy way to keep up with the podcast. And uh, we're on Twitter and Facebook as well. So uh, check us out there, like us, and uh, suggest us to your friends. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for, for being here and, and helping with the show. We'll see you next right week. Peace and pot. Yeah, take care, all. See you next week. You've been listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market information. As always, you can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. Two years ago, the Obama Justice Department said shockwaves throughout the country when they released new guidelines telling federal authorities not to arrest marijuana users and suppliers who weren't violating local laws. Eric Holder even said that it would be an insufficient use of funds going after people in states where medical marijuana had been legalized. But now it seems like they've done a complete 180. The Department of Justice has recently sent letters to states threatening that they will go after state employees and will look at both civil and criminal penalties for those who run large-scale operations, even if they're acceptable under state law. And already many states that were headed towards a medicinal legalization path have started to back off. So why the drastic shift in policy? And could this doom the medical marijuana industry? Here to discuss it with me is Scott Morgan, associate editor of StopTheDrugWar.org. Scott, thanks so much for being here tonight. Sure. Uh, first of all, let's talk about these, these letters that are now being sent out. Do we know how many states have received them? Uh, you know, some of the exact details of what they say? 
It, it looks as though uh, just about every state that's working on, on implementing a medical marijuana program this year has been targeted. We haven't heard anything similar in the District of Columbia yet, but, uh, but we very well may in, in the near future. But it's also going to states where they already have medicinal marijuana laws, right. right? Like California's um, getting well, one. states like Colorado and Washington, for example, have had medical marijuana for some time, but there are efforts underway to, to regulate it you know, in, in a more strict way. And so obviously anywhere where there are efforts underway to improve the regulations and get the state more involved in controlling where marijuana is sold, who sells it, and so forth, the federal government is interfering with that. So what does that tell you, that the Obama administration, I mean, in the meantime, what, we have 15 states plus the District mm -hmm. of, uh, of Columbia where medical marijuana is legalized. Are they trying to mm -hmm. just stop this, to scare people? I mean, if you send yes. a letter that says that your state employees are going to get, mm -hmm. uh, you know, thrown into jail, obviously it's working. It's making a lot of governors already step back. It works as a propaganda tactic, as a scare tactic. I don't know that it's going to work beyond that. But essentially, the, their agenda here is to, to distract, disorient, and, and confuse states that are working to regulate medical marijuana. And these are the same sorts of tactics that we've seen from sort of the old guard of drug war demagogues going back to, to the mid-90s when, when medical marijuana was first legalized in California. For 15 years, we've been told, you can't have medical marijuana. It's illegal under federal law. You just can't do it. Well, we've been figuring out ways to do it in one state after another after another. And one thing that the federal government has never done is arrest a state employee for enforcing their own state's laws. So this is unprecedented what we're seeing right well, now. It's, it's not unprecedented insofar as the government is misrepresenting its own illegal uh, agenda. They don't actually intend to do this. It's a lie. It's just one in a long series of lies that the Department of Justice and the Drug Enforcement Administration have put out there in an effort to, to you know, push down the medical marijuana industry as it obviously is continuing to spread throughout the country. They're really just trying to intimidate these states and stop the medical marijuana movement from moving forward. It's not going to work. Well, one thing that I think we see happening uh, on the sidelines or as a result of this move is now there are certain governors out there that are trying to lobby for uh, marijuana to be rescheduled, right, as a, a substance two or, or schedule two, excuse me, my, um, my knowledge isn't completely up to par. But so that would, um, you know, back in February, Normal was saying that this is something that pharmaceutical companies were also lobbying for because that way they could get their hands on it to create some, uh, you know, some types of drugs with derivatives from THC. So in essence, if they get all of the governors to start lobbying for the rescheduling of marijuana, then is that going to end up helping out the pharmaceutical companies? And is that why the government's doing it? Because the pharmaceutical companies are lobbying them? I just came up with this theory, but it really Well, you really know what, you're not, you're, you're not alone. And I, I think that there's, there's certainly truth to the fact that a number of pharmaceutical companies are interested in getting involved in the medical marijuana business. The drug has a better reputation than a lot of the stuff that's on the market now. People know that it's safe, it's highly effective, it treats a wide variety of conditions. So the pharmaceuticalization of marijuana is going to happen. The question is, will that coincide with suppression of the existing herbal cannabis market that's emerged? In my opinion, I don't think it will. And the reason is that we've made all this progress in terms of reforming medical marijuana policies because that's what the public wants. Because the medicine is cheap, it's easy easy to grow. The side effects are pleasurable. People like it. If you want to pharmaceuticalize it, take the fun out of it, drive up the costs. We have a legal framework to do that, but it's not going to reduce public enthusiasm for reforming marijuana laws. That process is always going to continue. The support's always going to be there. And you can, you can manipulate state governments, you can threaten to arrest state officials. 
people know you're not really going to do that. People know that as long as we continue to move forward. This industry started in 1996. It was valued in a recent uh, report at $1.7 billion. Every dollar of that is technically illegal under federal law, and yet it continues to grow. So I think the important thing is for for state officials and, and for, for the public to recognize that these threats are, are erroneous, they're aimed at intimidating us, they're aimed at, at preventing our further progress, and, and you know we have a lot more progress to make and we're going to continue to succeed every year. There are new medical marijuana states, there are new reforms taking effect, and the polls show more support for that than ever before. Well, it's definitely interesting, too, if you think back to 2009 when, uh, you know, Attorney General Eric Holder was saying that we don't need to waste our resources and waste our funds uh, for going after these people. It's not like we're in any better financial situation today. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why they would want to spend money on that. But why do you think they're going about this in a much more secretive manner? Because when I feel like when they first uh, released that guideline, everybody heard about it, right? Mm -hmm. There are whispers everywhere. They said they're right. not going to go after people within the states. And here, I think they're trying to keep it completely below the radar. Well, I think the reality here, and it's a bit of a conundrum, but I think that the Obama administration does understand the intense political popularity of the they idea of reforming marijuana laws. You know, when they announced uh, the, the initial holder memo saying that they were going to respect state medical marijuana laws, they leaked that story to the Associated Press on a Sunday night. You know, they were looking for, for a whole full week's news cycle on that when they knew the public was going to like it. They were delivering on a campaign promise, and it got really positive press everywhere. But now no they have haven't delivered, it. so I'm just curious, where do you think that uh, you know, advocates of legalization are going to go in 2012? I, well, in 2012, I think we're likely to see full-scale legalization measures on the ballot in multiple states. And if the results you know, for Prop 19 in California uh, last year are any indication, you know, that thing came uh, lost by three and a half points. And in an off-election year, you're going to have this huge boost in young voters in 2012 that, that could more than fill that gap. So full legalization is, is coming up on the horizon very, very quickly here. And that's likely got something to do with why we're seeing the Department of Justice kind of freaking out a little bit right now, realizing that this thing has already sort of moved beyond that point. They can't push it back. You know, public support is just so immense and continues to grow. And once that sense of inevitability kicks in, suddenly there's nothing to fall back on. All of your propaganda talking points have been refuted. The internet creates this powerful resource. The president's online forums are getting dominated by discussion of marijuana legalization. Everywhere you look, this issue is taking control. And it's probably too late for the people that are deeply invested in keeping marijuana illegal to come back and yeah. actually resurrect well, we, we themselves. we will see where it goes because uh, I definitely remember, you know, a lot of momentum around Prop 19 and then it didn't go through. So we'll definitely be keeping our eye on this. Scott, thank you so much for joining us thank tonight. Thank you.